FC13 podcast is sponsored by Bet99. It's that time, ball boys and girls. It's the most wonderfulish time of the year. It's playoff season. One third of us is absolutely on cloud nine. I'll let, guess, I'll let you guess which one who. CBL might have their destiny written in the stars, and Montreal did a thing, so don't go anywhere as we have all your needs for your source of everything Canadian. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us in the FC 13 podcast. I'm your host, Andre. I'm joined by the same two lovely boys. We're back to our normal routine. Michael, Paul, how are we doing? Doing good. Yeah, we've got the boys back together. Back to back together again. Back together again. It took me long enough to say that one there. I'm enjoying, <laughs> jo- seeing the weather change here. I've woke up to having to scrape the ice off the car a couple of times. Oh, and right. Every time I think to myself I miss winter, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's why I didn't miss it as much as I thought I did. Andre, I need to ask you. You just said it's the most wonderful time of the year. Did you just steal that from one soccer? Because I'm pretty sure they said the exact same thing at the start of the uh, Suns game, the Ottawa game. Holy hell. No, it's just Canadian showing. Yeah, they're they're both both Ottawa. No, I didn't actually. I didn't even hear them say that. I mean, playoffs are usually the most wonderful time of the year. And as a neutral, it's it's super exciting for me. But I I know which one of us three is probably the most excited right now. It's Paul. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't steal that one. I do. Lo- I do love playoffs. Obviously, not so much right now. For another league, we'll talk about in a bit. And by a bit, I mean right now. Starting <laughs> off with our first game, Montreal and Orlando. I. I didn't even want to talk about it. I kind of have to. Uh, yeah, you can't I'm, sign up for this one. Yeah, ask you if you want to be part of a Canadian soccer podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not saying I regret it. I'm just saying it hurts. Just it kind of hurts. I mean. It's the first MLS game with the Canadians player, like the Canadian team in it. We have to talk about it. Montreal did absolutely dominate that game anyways. It was a 2-0, and they move on to the next round. And I was kind of hoping that Orlando was going to do something a little bit more. Was not the case. Boys, what are we saying? It was... um. At the moment, your worries for Montreal, just like the longer it stays 0-0, no, no, the, the more you think... There's every chance Orlando's going to sucker punch them here and you don't know where they're going to come back from. But you watch it again and clearly like a day knowing the result, it just it looks as if there was nothing to ever worry about. Okay, Orlando had like two chances in the first half, which really they should have done better than. But other than, other than that, literally like 99% of the game, this was Montreal's game to lose. And you, you really couldn't have taught... It was hard to tell at times that this was a team who haven't won a playoff game since 2016. You didn't get that impression watching them. They just seemed like... They were like made for this. This is their stage, and like Stasaputo was like the stage for it as well. That atmosphere was inc- was incredible. Like it's the first time I've heard that stadium like that. I was like, I'm relatively new to MLS um, compared to you guys. But, like that was that was something else. Like I loved that under the lights, that sort of like French tinge in the atmosphere made it feel mm-hmm. like it was European. I was just, I, I, I'm going to get one of you to just to. It's going to be a struggle to get one of you to agree with me, but it was just a special occasion, I thought. Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you, you are new to him, but if anything, know, if anyone knows anything about Montreal and the MLS, is they only care for the playoffs. The crowd doesn't really show up during the season, but when yeah. it's playoffs and it's those important games like uh, Champions League, the fans usually do show up. So we'll give them credit for that. Um, I mean, th- this is really a time where we're seeing Montreal at their best. We haven't seen this good of a Montreal side, I, I don't think, ever. Um, I think you could argue the Champions League team that went to the finals, but this team will blow that team out of the water if you ask me. I mean, just looking at pure points tally, this is the most mm-hmm. they've ever scored. Yep. This is their best, their best year they've had. Mm-hmm. They've had they were they were literally one win away from winning the East, not too far off from the supporter shield in and of itself. And you took the words right out of my mouth, Michael. Like they generally no, it's Montreal doesn't not show up. Like it's not a scenario. There's like external and, factors there with the ownership. Like, yeah, and all yeah. the field stuff. And it's yeah. and it's you know it's not like a, a Red Bull situation where you know the stadium's desolate and it, it it is they do show up, but when it comes to playoffs, they can fill be way beyond Stad Saputo and, and fill mm-hmm. the Olympic Stadium, and yeah. and that is that's a huge huge stadium, awful, ugly, and dangerous, <laughs> but. It is, and, and, no, and hopefully, despite my my dislike for that team, I'm sure I'm sure everyone in Montreal is like, yeah, no, okay, not really the best stadium, but they can pack that, and they can uh-huh. be they can be insanely loud, especially because it's enclosed. 
it is it is really really loud in that stadium oh it is yeah i've, I've been to a game there so i i, I could vouch for that it definitely is if, if you didn't think that bell was annoying enough to you hear it in a like, sixty thousand dome <laughs> The, you know, yeah, it, it, enclosed dome, so there's nowhere else for that sound to go. The game that oh, I was talking yeah. about was uh, the Canadian woman against the Netherlands in the Women World Cup, and that was absolutely mental. So I, I, I know what that stadium's capability of when it comes to sound. Um, it was one of the biggest crowds, maybe actually been the biggest crowd I've been to. It was up there with Newcastle Luster. So, and the the, the noise was noticeably different. But of course, you're inside, so the the noise mm-hmm. is trapped in within the walls. But yeah, no, that would have been an exciting game to be out the other day against Orlando. And uh, who knows, maybe I'll make a trip down to see one of their other games. It, it was should, um, go and, um, should go and see all those Canadian internationals where you have the chance. And like, I think they, they very much Absolutely. spearheaded this effort. Like, I thought like all of the Canadian players wanted to keep an eye on like Miller, Johnston, Piet. Ismail Coney, and um, they all they all did absolutely outstanding. They did all did absolutely outstanding. They were amongst the best players alongside, you know, my boy Jordi Mihalovic, the the American Ryan Gold, basically at this point of how much I talk about him, plays a similar <laughs> position to him. It was yep. key to unlocking Orlando in this. Um obviously plays that pass for Coney, wins that penalty at the end. He's just they're gonna go as far as he lets them lets them go. He's like the key, I think, to help them unlock defenses. But I mean yeah, as, as well as I'm, as much as I want to talk about him, I feel like the the credit most of this game has to go to like Coney. Like I, people have been wondering how's he going to be on that big stage, being only twenty years old. And my argument the whole time is, you're twenty years old, you've got nothing to lose. There's no such mm-hmm. thing really as pressure on you. And he played like it. He played absolutely outstanding. And at some point, it was man of the match. He got everywhere. He got back in defensive positions. He ran the midfield. He was able to get himself in advanced positions, even win the ball there. His distribution was great. You can see his instinct to get himself into the box. That goal. I think he's a he's an outstanding ta- outstanding talent. I it's very early on, but like I think in a couple of years' time we could be thinking of him like, and not in the Davies and David bracket. Like there's something else, but like maybe kind of going in towards that sort of Eustachio Buchanan tier. Like um, if his development keeps going the way it is, I I truly believe that he could be something special. They've got, but that's their thing. Is is my no Kone. He, you say he doesn't have anything to lose, but I think it's also like he has everything to win and that can play just as much. But yeah. Montreal's really good at for their home field encouraging their players. Heard like, that. We're gonna clip that. Andre said Montreal is really good. No, we're here. <laughs> is really good at is really good at <laughs> fuck you, Montreal. No, uh well, yes, but like is really good. They're just they're really, really good at like honestly hyping their players up. They're so consistent when they do that in the in the playoffs that I find their players at home are always, always extremely comfortable. They're just, they're just always seem more comfortable, more fluid. And I think, and I mentioned this last week too, if this was a two-legged affair, I think things might be different, but it's not. And so they, they've gone through and they've gone through rightfully. So they absolutely dominated the game and, and that's where they're at. We'll see because the, their, their opponents are still to be decided. So they're yeah, playing their match now. Yeah, it's still zero zero. I just I literally checked that as we were talking. Yeah, well, yeah. Isn't that great? Mike, we're doing the same thing, ladies and gentlemen. So, I mean, the, the best thing that Montreal can hope for is Inter Miami pulls yeah, out an 100%, upset. Hundred percent. men. And I, again, I hate Inter Miami. Um, so I really don't want them going through either because that would just be the worst case scenario for me going into that that sort of conference finals. You'd rather New York. You'd rather uh, New York City there. A hundred percent. 100 percent my my problem with inter miami is they floundered the the financial flair uh fair play rules what do they do for sure though and then the slap on the wrist was to give them a small fine money's not the problem they showed money's not the problem (laughs) they did money violations (laughs) that's like making a smoker smoke more it's just like that's not the point what would your penalty be for that in your in in that situation Uh, honestly transfer ban because there's no promotion relegation Mm-hmm. Well, that's, shown, why, that's why I was asking you. Yeah. yeah, you've shown you can't be trusted to to be honest. So transfer ban. Everyone else has to struggle or sell off players, get rid of their good ones, uh, not give these players they want because they can't afford it or can't do it. And they're like, no, no, you get to keep them. Uh, here's a small fine. Oh fuck! It's a Miami state. They all have money. They all have cocaine money. It's what, fun- blows, like- what blew my mind was how new <clears throat> they were and they were doing that crap already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like brand new, and they were like, "Bah, what are they going to do?" So, I don't know. It is what it is. Again, 
didn't want Montreal. It was rooting for Orlando, but Montreal deserved the win 100%. And I have to mm-hmm. admit it. So obviously good on them. But moving on to kind of our bread and butter and kind of what made us start. And this is the start of our playoffs for the CPL. Calvary Forge, that is a neutral's dream. We went into it with the exact same outcome and and left with that same outcome. And the stats were so perfectly even. 1-1 one, one was the score, 9-10 to 10 shots, 5-3 to three shots on target, and the stats were even pretty much the whole way down. Well, uh, so, what are we thinking for that home game for Forge? I think Tommy Whedon came out and said something along the lines of all the pressure is on Forge. Now, like, like there's nothing for his side to lose. It's all on Forge being in their home stadium, which that's my favorite part I love about this rivalry is how petty him and Bobby Simonoris can get at each other. Like, I love that. So they, they do not like, I don't get the impression they like each other at all. Especially Tommy Whedon. He loves to shit talk him for, <laughs> loves to shit talk Forge. You can make a career out of it, that guy. Um, Forge don't, I think Forge had more possession this game, but that was kind of how the way Calvary was playing it. They were letting them have the ball. You certainly watch the game back through highlights and whatnot. It doesn't come across like, like you said, it comes across much more even than I might have done watching it live at the time. I was unfortunately at work, so I wasn't able to watch it live at the time. Um, yeah, it was a wacky back to forth game, that especially in the first half. There was times where like Ford came close and then Calvary went right up the other end and almost went close. Like the woodwork got hit very early on and the 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 goals weren't too surprising in the way they came. Like Mason Dillip, Mason was very responsible for the Calvary one. Becker was responsible for the Forge one and I think Vasius is happy he scored like in that trout. Like it's funny to talk about Forge having problems scoring when they're the top goal scorers in the league. The problem is like they were just very streaky when they scored. Like they'd go they'd score like five goals in one game and go like four goals scoring no more than one, if you know what I mean. They used yeah. all the goals up at once. So I think from their view, it was good that Pasillas got off the mark to like regain some of that form. I honestly don't know who will win the second leg between the two. Like it just, it, this still just feels very much like a toss up. I feel like uh-huh. both teams will like be happy that with how the first leg is. It didn't look that no one's lost it, especially Cavalry, who we can um, give them a round of applause. It's a, the first time they've not lost a playoff game. <laughs> well, good job, they, guys. They, I don't want to say they've not they've ruined their choking, but statistically, they've. Technically making a step outside of choking. And Eat, sleep, break the streak, baby. Yeah, they've they've got a little bit of a benefit going forwards. I do really appreciate, though, and I know I always hearken on, on being a neutral, I do genuinely appreciate that at least both goals came in such a short window, <laughs> like five minutes apart. So that way it could be like, oh, well, I guess we're going to go to Calvary and really see that final there and, you know, or, or see kind of how it goes. And then yeah, all of a sudden Ford scored and it was like, okay. Yeah, no, that was that was important. That was Forge realizing, oh shit, and that was Calvary thinking, hey, cool, we got a goal, you know, and it took him a second to wake up after that. Um, this game was it was a, it was an entertaining game. Uh, it was back and forth, even though Possession was in Forge's side. I felt like it, there was chances back and forth. Both teams kind of ran away with the win. Goal, both goalies stood up, did their job, stood up, uh, made some saves when they had to. Um, I do want Calvary to win, just seeing if they if they do play Ottawa in the finals. That's the team I want because Forge, mm-hmm. even though we beat Forge this year, Forge has our number. Uh, even though we beat Forge this year, you could arguably say we didn't deserve the win that we got over Forge this year. Um, and I, I think Forge just has that title, uh, as that brand. And I think Forge will win on home field. I mean, that's where home field advantage is for. They went on the road, got a goal. I'm, I'm won't be surprised to see a 0-0 game coming from Forge, if not one nothing Forge. I'm not saying Calvary don't have what it takes, because they do. I just don't think they're going to get it done on a home field. Oh, sorry, I, 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 I should state here that, like, nil-nil doesn't mean Forge when there's no away goals. Does it not? Oh, is it not? Oh, shit. There's no away goals. Yeah. <laughs> Never yeah, mind. Which is, <laughs> it's fine. Which we'll is, edit that out. <laughs> I'm still, like, that is still, to me, perfect. I, I think adding the away goal rule is kind of a in this scenario, kind of a dick move. In time, you know, yeah. they maybe maybe they'll add it back in. But I, mm-hmm. I think right now, with MLS getting rid of the two games and the distance for these teams to travel, I think it's there's just too much. There's there's too I much at they, stake. They there. know each other too well for away goals. Away goals was implemented because like it really was a challenge back in the day, like to go from like the UK to Serbia to play an away game. You know, like it was much more of a challenge. 
So that's why the goals were more rewarding. Like, there's no challenge in getting on a flight from like um, Calgary to Hamilton, other than the distance. Like, there's the, you don't need to put an away goal in there. That's fair. Okay, I, I didn't know that. My bad. Either way, I still think Forge goes away with this win. Um, they're just, it's just who they are. I mean, they've been in all three finals for a reason. They came second in the league for the second, uh, sorry, for the third time in history type thing. They, they're constantly challenging for trophies and they're going to for a long time. Um, they'll be in the finals. They'll be in their fourth straight finals for sure. Well, I mean, it's now or it's now or never. I mean, it's been a very crazy, weird year for teams, how they're doing, what they're doing. And <clears throat> I don't know. I, I, I think. We could see we could see a fun upset for for Calvary and I hope and, you do. I really hope our Calvary do. I, I do. I think I think for Calvary's sake, I, I think for I think for Forge they'll they'll go with their head held high, knowing what they've accomplished and knowing how they're consistent. But at least for Calvary, there'll be there'll be more excitement out of it because of of just what what's happening, like the fact that it's going to be they've taken out the mighty Forge in in playoffs and yeah, for I, them, like, I think it'll be worth it. I know what Tommy Whedon said, but like to me, it does. I personally feel like that the cavalry have to win this game more than Forge do, just based on how yeah. this rivalry has gone up to this point yeah. and the success both teams have had. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. So at least, at least we know we can check them out. They're the second game next week going forward, so it's on. They're both on Sunday, the twenty third. Theirs is going to be at five o'clock Eastern time, so they are actually the game after Ottawa's. So you know, I have a quick who's... question though before we move on. Did you guys want to touch on Calvary's attendance? Yeah. Well, why not? Um, so it looked pretty good, but apparently there was a lot of empty seats. And did you guys hear about what happened there? No, I didn't hear anything about that. Paul, did you know? What was the question again? No. Sorry. Did you see the reasoning why there was empty seats at Calvary or as many as there was? Yeah. I mean, just could be whatever reason. Like, I know, like, well, no, there's an actual reason, like, though. There's an actual reason of the fuck up of their ownership. <laughs> I know it's something to do. I think I heard something to do with just like a lot of like actual soccer games happening Calvary around that time for kids. No. So what happened was Calvary decided if, if what I read was true, Calvary decided to let their um, season ticket holders have first grabs at the tickets as they should. Mm, oh, yeah, that's, they pretty, locked, that's pretty normal. But they locked so many in and they didn't sell that many and they released them to the public too late. To the point where people were like, A, they didn't know about it, or B, they, it was too late for them. And then they, when they also released it to the public, they didn't advertise, hey, this is our last home game. They didn't say, hey, this is a playoff game. They was like, hey, come watch us play. Mm, so yeah, it, is minor, it is minor, but I thought it was something That's to talk about. That's a huge fuck up because it, we're, we, said, fuck up, yeah. we said, we've said a thousand times, Canada's Fairweather fans, we, we yeah. you need playoffs to fill those seats. And there was no league in canada right now that needs asses in their seats more than the cpl does let's go do a quick search to see if i can find the attendance of the match but uh keep going yeah i just i genuinely think that if that is the case that's an absolute nightmarish fuck up it's not something i like to keep too much of a like um a stand in because by that logic halifax would win the league every year it's not not about like, whether just, or not it's not, really, it it's not really about matter to me like too much other than like I know, I know it's money and all that, but like, it's, I don't really, yeah. I feel like That's, it's too much of a cheap shot to like, like, ah, uh, you don't have any fans go to your game, like, so no, 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 no. Game. I'm only, I'm only thinking it from a sustainability standpoint, based yeah. on my love of Edmonton. It's just sure about the, it's just about the sustainability. So having people there on a playoff game where your average attendance, you, you'd assume would be like twenty percent more, like losing out on that, like that's an investment nightmare. Yeah. Uh -huh. it's, like, it's a shame, but they'll know going forward. I guess that. Like the one good I thing, I guess, so. is playoffs tend to be so. playoffs tend to be a bonus because you budget for the regular season. Playoffs are a bonus. Yeah, but that's yeah, what no, I mean. Sometimes sure. they're sometimes it's out of the budget, and therefore not having those asses in the seats. Well, you've budgeted for that stadium to be open now outside of your budget. But moving on to the second budgeted, I had no real segue here. Uh, moving on to the second, second the stadium was full. Yeah, <laughs> Pacific and Ottawa. That game. I can tell you right now, Michael went into was very squeaky, but and he came out very much clean with a nice, lovely two nothing win with a stat line of of both game, both of them, 13, 13 shots on shots and then a three, two shot, you know, on goal for Ottawa with the lion's share of the possession being in Pacific. So that was just a, a counterattacking masterclass from from Ottawa. 
Yeah, so I just want to say I could not find the attendance of Calvary. If I see it, we'll talk about it in the next podcast. But moving on, um, this Ottawa game was stressful, um, but we pulled through and we got the W. Uh, we played a very typical Ottawa game. We allowed the other team to have possession. We defended first and then countered. But I think we got a little too close to that. I think we let Pacific in the game too much. I think that even though they only had two shots on goal, they, we let them in the box area too much. We let them in the area. There's general threats way too much. I think Pacific deserved that win. I, I, I don't feel comfortable saying Ottawa deserved the win. I think we played our game. And it, I know Ottawa, a lot of Ottawa fans will argue with me, saying, no, that's the game we play. That's how we win the games. I'm not fucking stupid. I know it. I watch every damn game. I know how we play. But we let Pacific get way too many chances. And if you, if you, and it is another argument. Uh, Nathan Ingram, two amazing saves. You take those two saves away, though, that's a, Pacific win the game, I think. And then again, another argument. Can I caveat this? Sorry. Like, um, so you're you're saying like, um, yeah, Pacific played this way, but like Ottawa limited into just two shots in the box. So like Pacific had to take a lot of shots outside the box, which showed yep. that that defensive plan was working. That's and you're not, saying, like, what if the goalkeeper doesn't make the saves? Like, well, what if, like, this, no. this striker didn't do this? This midfielder, like, that's their job. No, I get that. It's their just, job I, to do I, that. I know. I understand that. This is what I'm trying to say, though. Like I said, Ottawa has played this game all year long. I expected that. But we gave Pacific too much. It almost came out of our control, is what I'm trying to say. We did our game. We won the game the way we always win. But when the two massive saves that uh, Ingram did, Inside the well, one inside the box, one outside the box, because that one that he uh, top corner save that was a shot. Yeah, that was outside the box. That was an amazing save. Yes, he did his job. I'm not arguing that. I'm not saying that we don't deserve to win because we played that that way. My point is, is you look at any other game in this season where we played that style and won, we didn't give that many opportunities or that many threats to the other team. We still controlled it. This game, I feel like it it got away from us a bit. Yes, we won, but I think we got more on the lucky side, plus two big saves from Ingram. I'm not taking away the win. Trust me, I'm fucking happy. <laughs> you, Ottawa, Ottawa reminds me of, and and if you're familiar with the Argentinian League, they remind me a lot more of like a, a Boca Juniors because it's very scrappy. It's not like beautiful and well laid up and every goal had this perfect. It's a lot of just absolute scrappy behavior. Mm-hmm. But that's working for them. I know. I know you're saying that yes, the win might have came with a little bit of luck, and maybe. But you know what the thing is? You just went up at home to the league champions, the playoff champions, and got a scrappy two-nil win going into a second leg. That now, is perfect. I just want to add as well. Beautiful goal from Tabla, and that goal obviously was the winner. But it's really what fucked with Pacific. And I was talking to my brother about this at that moment in time because it was such a late goal. Pacific should have said to themselves, relax. We don't need necessarily need a goal tonight. You know what I mean? They pushed too hard for the for the late goal in that game, which opened up for Verhoeven's goal. And that was their fuck up. They should have almost accepted the one not the loss at that point. It was an early goal. It was a late goal. Now you have to go into Ottawa, best defensive team in the league, when you're down two nothing on aggregate. I wonder if it's hard. I, I, like I know I know Pacific had a lot of changeover. But I wonder if it's just hard for them to get it in their head that it's now the two-legged affair versus do or die. Maybe, you know, I mean, that's a manager's job to realize that. Oh, yeah. Well, like the manager's job is to get them to win, but like that didn't it's, happen. So, like, I mean, it's a hard <laughs> thing to accept as a fan, like seeing your team go one nil down for about thirty minutes to go, and just be like, okay, let's accept this. Like, especially being the last game of the season, you're more yeah, likely to score at home than you are away. Just to say, like. I'm not saying I, us, but they should have been more balanced. Yeah, I, everyone trying was, to attack. I think team. it was a slick counter attack from Ottawa at the end, though. Like as it came off a deflection, that second goal. I, I don't, I don't think it was exactly like you know, it wasn't like watching Germany versus South Korea in the World Cup four years no, ago. It wasn't, wasn't that bad. It wasn't that extreme, but it was still a sense of like, if I was, if I, if I'm Pacific's manager, if I'm sitting there watching us go down one nothing, knowing we have another game. I don't want to go back with two goals down. I'd be a lot more concerned. I'd also wouldn't want to go in one nil down. I'd go and get the goal. And now you don't get the goal. Now you two nothing down. Well, we'll find out. I mean, come, happens. we're gonna find we're gonna find out on Sunday how they come in, and we're gonna know right away Pacific's sort of attempt whether they're going to try to do counterattacking or they're just gonna throw piss to the wind and just say like, oh, you no, know what? We're gonna be firing. Like 
I won't be surprised to see Ottawa not score, and it's going to be a, a whole defensive effort. Yep, but but, I mean, but also I, I think I think Ottawa knows knows that can go in with that counterattacking in mind. So I wouldn't even be surprised if it came down to another two nil for Ottawa, the exact mm. same way on counterattacks because they're going into this. Oh, no, sure. it may be in their head. So maybe Pacific thinks, okay, well we're not going to do that. We're going to let them sit super super hot like we'll let yeah. them try to dictate the pace and then we'll come in on the counter yeah, because because that could also they play right in their hands. yeah so i also was like after we went up on nothing i was actually terrified because i thought in my head <laughs> i thought in my head after going up on nothing i'm like great we win this game with nothing we're gonna go home and defend 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 and that's what's gonna bite us on the ass but now that we have that second goal we might see a different story. I think as long as Ottawa don't concede early in that first game, like I yeah. think, like say if it goes into nil nil at half time, like look, I've been, I've been, I've been shitting on Pacific ever since they sold Diaz, and I think it really like <laughs> showed in that game against um, Ottawa the first leg. The yeah. second leg, Italy especially show given that they have to score goals here. I, but like, yeah, yeah I, if they can score early in Ottawa, it's a completely different game. But I mean, well, you know, early on, it was not their plan to have Javi Buda start this game. Oh, yeah, no. Consoles and um, who's the other one? Uh, Daniels. Daniels. With those two injured or Mm -hmm. unable to play, it's, yeah, I mean, Happy Bula was unfortunately put in that position. And I would have maybe tried someone like Josh Hurd further up and have Happy Bula on the side, other than relying on him as a lone man. They're going to need a lot of burst or so next week. Oh, yeah. He was the only one of the Mm -hmm. really good positives from Pacific in that loss. Yeah, like, I think they're going to have a lot to work with. That's that's so unfortunate for them because again, they shot. They have the pressure. They have to justify why they sold them. And right now, we're we're all not confident for it. But we're going to have to go to a quick break. When we come back, there's some interesting news coming up. Some of it's going to tie into a little bit later. But we're going to talk about some women's international stuff too that I'm kind of super excited for. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. FC 13 podcast is sponsored by Bet99. Bet99 is a Canadian sportsbook and casino. They offer in-play betting, player props, a cash-out option, and many more great products. There are a variety of sports available on the website to bet on, including NHL, NBA, NFL, and the MLB. Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile. And the Bet99 mobile app can be downloaded from the homepage of the website. Depositing and withdrawing funds are hassle-free with a number of well-known methods available to you so you know your money is safe and secure. The website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 on live chat. So go to bet99.com and make an account to get started. Remember to use our code 13thmansports1, but please gamble responsibly. 19 plus, play responsibly. Available to persons in Ontario only. Subject to successful AGCO registration and execution of an operation agreement with iGambling Ontario. If you have any questions or concerns about your gambling, or the gambling of someone close to you, please contact Connex Ontario 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. And now, back to the show. And welcome back to the SD13 Podcast. Thank you guys so much for sticking around. Obviously, you know, with a lot of games coming up, that are super important, but we'll get to those on Sunday kind of kicking us off in the news section. While it wasn't the lightest news, it wasn't, you know, the busiest and and the most chaotic, but one of the cool things coming up is they've announced the pots for the Canadian women's national team in the world cup. And we're in pot two, I believe that if that's correct, Paul, that is correct. Yeah. So we've been alluding to this for a couple of weeks and um, Canada had to win their friendlies in September, October to get themselves the best chance. And they did. They won all of them. So all it needed was um, the USA to beat Spain. Pretty easy enough. You know, it's the US. They like they win almost every game they play. And of course they lose to Spain. So of course Spain just scrape ahead of Canada in those world rankings to get that top spot. That was lovely. So um, yeah, Canada are in pot two. There is some silver linings here when it comes to pot two and the fact that um, they cannot play the US due to like uh, regional separation. The earliest they could play the US would be a knockout stage. And because their hosts, Australia and New Zealand, are in pot one, both teams are um, ranked outside the top 10. So um, all the teams included are in top in pot one that Canada could face is Australia, New Zealand, Sweden, Germany, England, France, and Spain. 
Australia are 13th, New Zealand are 22nd. So there are quite a few tough teams in there. Like Canada can get an easy group out of that. Oh, for I sure. The, I think the easiest group they can get, according to the rankings from what I jotted down, was New Zealand, Canada, obviously, Vietnam and Zambia. With the toughest group, according to the rankings, being Sweden, Canada, Denmark and a familiar foe in Nigeria. So it's um, a lot up in the air about what it could be. But um, yeah, what do you make of those pot one teams they can play then? <laughs> um, I think this is um, honestly not a bad thing for Canada. I mean, regardless, part, uh, I think Canada's one of the top in the world. So pot A, pot B, I don't think it makes, mu- makes much of a difference for them, in all honesty. Especially because top two go through anyway in the groups, right? Exactly. I think I think they're basically going to secure one to top two. If I mean, if you got Australia or New Zealand, Canada's looking fucking good. Oh yeah, yeah. Based on on how we were playing against them, like just based on how we played against them when we were there, we we can see that the time that it works, the the players we're playing against, the grounds we're playing on, they're fine. I just don't, I don't want to say like I don't want them to be tested. Like I really wouldn't. I personally don't want to have like a, a test to be like, okay, well let's put them against the bigger teams to find out. But at the same time too that might be the perfect scenario to start. We don't want it, you don't want it too teams. easy. Yeah. Like you don't want it too easy. Cause then your, your single game, your, your knockouts are then your, your do or die. At least we, in this case, you can, you can regroup. You, you get battered by a good team, but you have your two wins. You can at least regroup, kind of figure out what went wrong and then move on from there. We see that in the CONCACAF women's championship that, yeah, like playing against the likes of um, Trinidad and, um, Costa Rica, I think it was like it didn't really set them up at all when it came to the US. It was just too much of a gulf to go from those teams to the US. It wasn't really like that sort of middle team to sort of help them more, to help them more. Like I'm the same. Like, I want to see them. Like I'd love to see them like take on like a England, an England or a Germany or Sweden. I know there's like I know the Spanish team right now is a bit of a train wreck off the field in terms of like the civil war between the players and the managers. So. God knows what they're going to look like when the World Cup comes to make look to make make um, France twenty ten look like a unified outfit. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I think I think I'd want to see Canada play one of those teams. I also feel like this is like we're coming up, we're, coming, we're going to have a very open women's World Cup coming up. I feel like the US's grip isn't quite as tight as it was with those results they've had recently, and a couple of their players like Alex Morgan and Megan Rapinoe are getting older. I feel like this is, this is going to be a much more open contest in that sense. Mm-hmm. So there's no, yeah. there's no one to be afraid of as such as it would have been beforehand for Canada. Because Canada, remember, Olympic champions. <laughs> Let's talk ourselves up, boys. Yeah, the, the Olympics. Most times, are people do. If, if you're not super familiar with the women's game, I know, like you think of, oh, okay, footy Olympics. Like, eh, does it? No, no, no. It, for for the women's game, it's just an extra World Cup. It like, really is. Yeah, it, it's it's the same players, it's the same countries. The same, almost the same format. Like we went in there thinking second or third, kind of guaranteed, and just took that first place. And it's a year from now. We have plenty of time to prepare, plenty of time for Bev to completely poach the entire U system so they're desolate and struggle to do anything. Um, so pl- plenty, plenty of time. Our, plenty of time for our sleeping partners to get used to it and being in Australia and New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> Michael. Um <laughs> So there, there's there's definitely something to kind of keep your eyes open for. It'd be, it will be exciting to see kind of who we end up getting. Everyone loves seeing the pots. And, and I think the women's game has that, like, we, we've mentioned it before, has that clear, just these are the dominant, and then there's just a giant disparity, like, immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas, whereas, obviously, the Men's World Cup, like, you get there kind of on your merit, unless you're Qatar. So <laughs> so it's just it's just something where we'll, we'll kind of see going in there. But But sort of moving on, and early departures, I think Halifax. We, Paul, you said you saw Stephen Hart leaving. You, you could see this kind of coming, but why, why, why would that be? I just like throughout the season, um, like I. So as soon as Morelli went down, that just kind of seemed to be it. Like there just didn't seem to be much of a plan B. I know they had Salter there, but like they still struggled a lot to score goals. For a lot of the time for me, it was the defensive organization. I thought they looked terrible, like terrible at times at the back, especially came to set pieces, crosses, anything out wide. They just couldn't handle it. The goalkeeping situation probably can dealt with a hell of a lot better. They kept flip-flopping goalkeepers. And at that point, like 
They've done that every, almost every year, though. It feels like as well. Yeah, like, I don't know where the ends. I don't know where the ends and outs are. If they were able to do it or not, but like, could, is there not any other goalkeeper you can try and go out to salvage that situation? I, I don't know his history too well. Like, I know he's been manager of Canada before. I know he's been involved in Halifax for a while. Mm-hmm. I, I'm only able to go off the last year or so, like from when I moved to Canada. But I just found him kind of uninspiring and kind of and holding Halifax back at this point. There's too much potential at that club there to be where they are. I don't think it's not Hart's a likable guy. You can see that with all the reactions out, but people like him. They didn't say he was fired or anything. They just said it was like he's departed. Yeah. And nothing personal against him or anything. Like he seems to be a good guy. I just think they need a new manager now to get them that next step. And I just like, yeah, this just feels like the perfect time. And I would have been stunned if he stayed on for another season, quite frankly. Well, yeah, he's been the only manager in Halifax history, as mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Um, and something, someone like him, because of his history and kind of his name, he was a big deal when he was first signed to Halifax. And it, it's unfortunate to see him go, but he, he hasn't done much there. He did get to the finals, but that was during the Ireland Games. So that's kind of like a... I don't know how much you give. I was judge that because it was like eight games or something. Exactly. Wasn't it? Like, yeah. Exactly. It's eight games plus the playoffs or whatever it was. Um, it is unfortunate to see him get fired, but I don't think many people were surprised. He he just hasn't been like you said, nothing there. And what's weird is individual performances on Halifax. You look at Morali last season. You look at Salter this season. Players like uh, Fernandez, Rampersad. Uh, 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 There's a talented squad there. Yeah. Individually, these guys stand out, but for whatever reason, they just cannot get the Ws. And like you said, the goalie situation, but that's what it was like last year as well. It's like you want to always have that goalie duo, um, which isn't always good in the, in these situations. So I'm very interest, interested to see who, who kind of comes in and takes his place. I do believe, um, uh, who's the guy who fucking managed uh, Pacific last year? <laughs> Ka? He, Ka he was just released from his contract. Maybe he'll decide to come back to the CPO. Maybe One close for another. Yeah. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? I'm um, gone. I'm thinking him or Alan Koch. Like it'll depend yeah. on the Edmonton situation, but like quite frankly, like I, he's more than deserved another like chance in the CPO of like a team that's not an absolute basket case off the field. <laughs> oh, 100%. Like I think he actually did decently well with Edmonton under his circumstances. Mm-hmm. He's a fantastic, I think, under the circumstances. A lot, I, I'd, a I'd lot feel, of the time they were at least in the game, yeah. But I'd fear for Edmonton if they lose him. Like, like, like yeah, losing someone. Yeah, Edmonton, so. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I mean, at that, at that point, yeah, you take whatever you can get, but. It, that's something I would rather him stay there. They get better and they kind of move on. But he could he could do one he could do wonders with with Halifax. It, mm-hmm. I am really excited to see who comes in solely because I know players are I don't want to say a dime a dozen, but there's so many countries, so many players, so many people you can pick up. The managers getting them to decide to come and coach the the CPL like that's not a it's kind of a hard sell. Like it, like yeah. it is. You don't want to have somebody with no experience, but if they have too much experience. Can you afford them? Will they stay? Will they demand too much and be like, oh shit, there's no budget here. I can't do that. Well, <laughs> like, just like a car. He came over from Norway and he did a hell of a job at Pacific. I mean, he brought them to a title. So, I mean, you could, you could obviously convince these guys, but you look at a lot of the teams, like you look at Nash, you look at Dos Santos. These guys have been part of the Canadian system for years now in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Either it's the system managing, either it's being a head manager, whatever the reason is, or your brother's a manager. Either way, their, their name when they, themselves have been part of the, the system for so long. So when we see these Canadian coaches get jobs, I think everyone gets a little bit excited because we've – seen their name and now this is their chance to glow up and that's what the cpl is for right it's not just for the players it's for reps it's for management it's for yeah. any any mm-hmm. precision in soccer that's what the cpl is for so would i like a canadian to take a spot sure but obviously you can't be opposed to someone yeah, coming I, from overseas i think at halifax i would just rather have the best manager available wouldn't they well you oh. know obviously obviously and, and i don't yeah. think i know no fan's gonna be like get me get me chris armis <laughs> get me someone <laughs> awful hey, like you know just what? Bring him in. Maybe Nick Ledger would, would get a shot. Isn't he doing assistant work in Calvary or something? Maybe he yes, yes. get a shot. Yeah. What's uh what's what's the Italian manager who uh 
who has his love for Canada, maybe he'll come in. Oh, <laughs> maybe he'll come in. Maybe we'll get Ancelotti in here doing. His wife's from Vancouver, so just tell him it's Vancouver. It's on the water, right? Yeah, it's on the coast. <laughs> it's not like he's ever been here. He won't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll that'll throw it off. We'll just put that out there. So, breaking news: Ancelotti signs signs his manager for Halifax. Yeah, before you manage Canada, we need to see you on the domestic level, buddy. So, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We'll <laughs> kind of jumping on there to to different people abroad. We have our, our Canadians abroad. We kind of did a follow-up or a little bit of a check earlier on in the year. Thought maybe it'd be a good time now. Let's sort of take a look at and, and see how everyone's doing and see where they're at and see why they won't play Kyle Laren. So let's just sort of jump into it. Let's see, let's see how we're doing. How are how are our boys doing overseas? Yeah, the reason I wanted to bring this up is um just like there's been there's been a lot of good news in the Champions League from Canada. Like, yeah. like performances I didn't see. Like I Davies has been like his great self, and like he was playing again this weekend after his um. There was like a concussion worry there. I think people had from a week before where he got kicked in the heads. He had like some sort of like skull injury, but he yeah. seems to be over that now, fit and firing, back up to speed. Looks like and the likes of Buchanan and Eustachio have like taken their chance in the Champions League and absolutely ran with it. Eustachio has been great in that central midfield for Porto. Like when they played up against Bayer Leverkusen, they did fantastic in that game. In both legs, like the managers have nothing but praise for him so far. And Buchanan has basically just like announced himself to thousands of people in Europe this year in the Champions League. He has been outstanding. He had an assist in their win over Atletico Madrid. He should have very easily could have won them a penalty in Madrid. I believe it was given and then reversed, but like people were like really happy for his performance anyway. He's been a big part of why um Bruges are top in that group, and you know I'm, I'm pretty sure I said Bruges would do well in the, our preview. That, that's not why I wanted to bring this up. That's just a happy coincidence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's trying to make up for his Premier League prediction, which we did I will a Premier League prediction. Be trying if to you want to go that. back there and listen to that, it's uh, another two four, one of our special episodes. I'll always be having to try and make up for that. Um, so away from the Champions League for a moment, we'll get back to it. Um, Jonathan David has scored nine goals so far in league on up there with Neymar for the top scorer. Like just how, how crazy is that to say like a Canadian is a top goal scorer in a top five league in Europe. Just, just take a minute to think about that. Like when, in, in when would you league, heard that before? In a league with Lionel Messi. Exactly. <laughs> like, like well, in, 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 in a league considered a farmer's league in with Lionel Messi, Neymar and like the cheater team. Like the rule of thumb was when they when Messi signed for PSG, if you picked PSG, I'm picking PSG. We're well, all playing as PSG. Let's not get excited here. Like this isn't the first time John and David had has had more goals than all these guys before. He did do this which before. is fucked. No, that's just great. Fucked. Yeah, it's even better. <laughs> my, my point is, is the question is, can he keep it up and actually get the golden boot this time? He's been doing a great job in France. He's been doing a great job with Lil. I think most people are amazed that he's still with Lil and nowhere else. But again, like right now, he's the current Golden Boot leader. Let's hope he keeps it up. But I'm just going to put out there: he has done this before. He's been at the top early in the season, and he's fallen off, unfortunately. But he's at nine. I think last year he got thirteen. Yes, he's not too far off that already. Not too far off. So we'll keep it. We'll keep an eye on him, and hopefully he does finish more than as uh, Andre would say, the cheater team. <laughs> And the only time we'll tell them. <laughs> cheater team. I'm going to call a... BSG. I'm calling BSG that from now on. Just the there's cheater a, team. Yeah, there's another team in the Champions League as well for Canadian. Um, so Rangers were playing Liverpool. Um, Scott Arfield scored. And I said on Twitter, like, didn't want to comment on this. And then a um, friend of the show, Gord from Ottawa, as a commentator from Ottawa, we've had him on before, said that you guys should talk about this as a Canadian in Europe. Obviously, I think the score was something different at that point. I think the score was 1-0. So, yeah. So, like, to talk about that game and give Gordas due, you're welcome. And so, I think I think afterwards, Liverpool scored to make it 1-1 each at half time, And then afterwards, it was just a, it was a tirade of goals. It was scored and again. More, and then again. And, more. and then again. And um, Salah scored a hat-trick in less time than it takes to hear the whole of Tiny Dancer by Elton John. And um, next thing you know, it ends up being 7-1. So, um, Gord's... Friend of the show, no hard feelings, but like, yeah, um, you're welcome. We did mention it for you. I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, Scots, Scotland and Europe is just not doing too well. It's not, it's, it's not, it's really not. It, you know what though? I mean, like, and I don't mean this like from a club level. I just mean 
Scotland in Europe right now is just not doing too well. Um, you know, between the World Cup and this, it's just a scenario where I don't think it's worked out too well. So Scott did have his one his one goal. Unfortunately, all that did was open the floodgates of where's Scott Arfield and the Canadian say, squad. That, that, oh. honestly, that's all that goal did was yeah. show how truly Canadian we are. Because the, everyone's like, look at this. Liverpool kicked the shit out of Rangers. And all those Canadians are like, did you see who scored, though? Did you did you see who scored? <laughs> well, the worst part is, is I had so many people that I saw who were like, where is he? But then <sighs> weren't, weren't acknowledging how the game ended or maybe didn't even look how the game ended. They were just like... Where is he? He scored against Liverpool, so he should be playing for Canada. He's, World he's in the he's in the Ranger squad, losing seven one. Like I he's don't know what to tell you. Been there for the last you. three fucking seasons. Like it just, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like it's just yeah. not going to be the case. So, <laughs> yeah. And um, speaking of where is he, Kyle Lauren, man. <laughs> this is. Can, it, can, we, can we get to the World Cup already? Can we get this poor guy to the World Cup and then get to January and get him out of Bruges? Not since Colin Farrell has someone had a worse time in Bruges than this guy. <laughs> Did it, was this contract only a one year? Uh, I'm not too sure, but like surely <laughs> no matter what, has, I don't care what it is, he's got to try and get out of there, man. This, is, this move's just not... Let's remember, he turned out a team like Forrest and um, who else did he turn? He turned out some I pretty think there was Olympiacos maybe in there yeah, as well. That, that there, was was like a couple of, there was a couple yeah. of options there. And I, I bet Forrest will have played him. I, I just have a feeling they would have. I mean, you, at this point, I... Very much said, I can understand him not wanting to because, you know, Ray kind of got burned a little bit. But, I mean, I'm eating my words a little bit now because now they're doing it to him, which is really annoying because Buchanan's playing. It's like, look, mm-hmm. you know they play really well together, like on the international stage, like really well together. So it'd be really good together if you just fucking played the guy you're paying Please. instead of sitting him on the bench or yeah. like on the bench, on the bus, back at home. Like, just... Even in the subs, just the put him in the him, subs. The thing with him as well is like he's not like Buchanan, who's a little bit younger. Like Buchanan's what, 22, 23? Something Laren's, like that, yeah. 29, 30 type of thing. Like he's, he's older. He's 27, 28 next year. But he's at that okay. point in his career where like he needs to be playing and regular like, minutes. He'll be kind of like sort of like the next movie has will be like the next, the last sort of big movie he can probably get in his career, if you know what I mean, before it starts yep. to yep. go downwards a bit. Yep. Yeah. So, yep. I mean, yeah, I hopefully this is a one-year deal. I'm going to, I'm going to quickly check this because now I'm worried. <laughs> yep. We uh, we will um, Peter Odom wingy his way out of Club Bruges if we have to. Like he'll get to drive to some club and just demand for a demand Canadians a transfer. Just, Canadians uh, sign a petition to get Laren out of Club Bruges. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the official like government standpoint. It's a three-year deal. Oh boy. Those aren't too I, bad, I guess. Like he's like he's nearly a third into that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe they'll maybe they'll they'll loan him out or something. I don't know. Well, don't you know. have to think that they're not seeing something from him that they want to see, and that's why he's not playing. So maybe on the window, he's like, "Hey, who you want to go out alone somewhere? Get the fuck out of here." Or or even as such, even during the World Cup, like they might be like, "Okay, well, actually, look, like this could be his time to sort of show. Look, this is the mm-hmm. biggest of stages." Uh-huh. this is what I can do if he puts a performance in. I think at that point, Club Rouge has to make a decision. Keep him there, play him, or get him doing something else for the money, right? I think that's going to have to be how it is. So yep. speaking on of getting things for the money, I know we might have had more, but we are running out of time, unfortunately, so we love you all. It's the fucking worst game on the planet and <laughs> picked the worst fucking game on the planet. It is penalty quiz out. Gaslighting the game. Nope. Everyone's favorite, least favorite game. I'm boycotting. Paul, I, you know what? I mean, I, I, all I'm saying, Michael, is like, if you're down, we've done whatever we've wanted for this game. I'd be down to just boycott this shit and like the Soviet <laughs> Union game and like just we're not we're, we're just boycotting the games I mean you've done the hard Paul, part up to this point you just gotta answer the questions Paul I, I understand you knew to kind of soccer I understand you didn't have to go through this once but you're an asshole to making us go through it again <laughs> you're a fucking prick this game is remembered for all the wrong reasons and for you to be coming onto this podcast be like we should look back at this game because 
I don't know, I'm some lonely Scotsman who can't get enough because I can't watch Scotland around the World Cup. We're gonna make fun of the times I can't didn't make it. Is this what your goal was? Like I was say, as bold as seems to as bold of you to like imply I've never had to deal with heartbreak on the international stage. I'm, I'm Scottish. No, you haven't done it you haven't done it you haven't done it with Canada, where we have. And this is by far one of the worst. Okay, okay, okay. So just to, so everybody's aware, game of the week this week, that is um we're looking back at the ten year anniversary of Honduras eight. Um, Canada won. My rationale for this was um, A, you know, I just thought it'd be funny 10 years on. B, I have mathematically lost this game. So if I'm going down, I'm bringing these two, I'm bringing these two with me. I'll never get this, I'll never get this, I'll never get this right. <laughs> and um, C, this, I just thought it'd be fun to look back on it, you know, and just like see how far they've, see how far they've came, you know, like this. He, game- dug up, he dug up trauma from 10 years ago. Okay. Fun? Like he on the ten year anniversary, that's like running over your girlfriend's dog and then bringing it up ten years later on the anniversary to be like, you remember that time he ran over your dog? I'm gonna talk fun. to. You. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you questions about how fluffy it was and what it looked like. So, what was its name? What color was its eyes? His name was San Pedro Silla. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> uh, I think well, let's just get these two of their misery as quick as we can. Then, and I guess the mess, the misery of people listening at home who are Canadian. So you know the format by now, um, in the event that you don't, five questions, the corresponding to the points, question one, one point, question two, two points, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There may be a bonus point in there. If a tiebreaker is needed, we will use a tiebreaker to decide a winner, the con- especially right now because Michael is two points behind Andre with not that long left in the season for our game here. Michael is basically in a must must-win situation. And with that in mind, I'm just going to read the questions out. Boys, I know you're not ready, but would you like me to go ahead anyway? No. Yes. Perfect. Absolutely not. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Question one. If you were listening to me earlier, I've basically given this one away. So you're welcome. And <laughs> <laughs> what city was the game played in? Question one. And what city was the game played in? Question two, and this one's going to have a bonus. Oh, yeah. How many Canadians who played in that game played any minutes for Canada in their 2022 World Cup qualifying campaign? And if you can name the players, that's your bonus point. So how many Canadians played that game who also were involved in the 2022 World Cup qualifying campaign? Question three. Canada's goal came from a free kick. Which Canadian was fouled to win that free kick? So which Canadian was fouled to win the free kick that Canada scored from? Question four. In what minute did Honduras substitute their goalkeeper? And question five. How many players involved in this game were playing their football in Scotland at the time? How many players involved in this game were playing their football in Scotland at the time? We're going to take a quick break, ladies and gentlemen, and then we're going to come out and put these two out of their misery. FC 13 Podcast is sponsored by Bet99. There's no doubt you like sports. You've made it this far. So when you're done here, make sure to head on over to 13thmansports.ca. For all your CFL, NFL, NBA, MLS, CPL, and so, so many more. 13th Man Sports has articles, podcasts, and a couple surprises along the way. So don't let yourself fall out of the know, and make sure you get to know 13th Man Sports. And welcome back to probably the most tense and hostile game of the week we've ever had on this show. Um, that's right. We're um, of course we are talking about um, Honduras eight, Canada one. Um, Michael, you are the lower seed. I'm going to let you choose heads or tails. I'll go with tails. You're <laughs> <laughs> like the, des- the-, the desolate nature in his voice. <laughs> it's the queen. You can still find her. So um, Andre. <laughs> You get to choose. Okay. I I am going to go second for the first question. So I'm going to take questions two and four. Okay. So, Michael, you're going first. And what city was the game played in? 
that was played in uh, San. Um, hold up, hold up. I'm thinking. <sighs> Five, four, three. San Pedro Sula. Two. Okay, and Andre. Uh, yeah, that was San Pedro Sula. It was yeah. the Olympio Estadio Olimpico Metropolitano. Yeah, I, I said the answer like five minutes ago as well. Yeah. We're talking about a dog. No <laughs> worry, San Pedro Sula. Oh, I, as soon as you said that, I'm like, that's going to be a question. <laughs> so, Andre, you're going first for question two. How many Canadians who played in this game also played for Canada during the World Cup qualifying campaign of 2022? And can you name them? It's so specific and I fucking hate it. Um, I believe, I believe it was, well, Cavallini, Borean, Hutchinson, and then it gets a little fucking dicey because, like, I want to say Bernier. And it's because it's specifically 2022. So I'm going to keep it at that. Okay, Michael. So it was um, Cavallini and Hutchinson who actually played. Borean was on the bench, and I don't believe Bernier played at all. So there's just the two. Yep, Michael gets it, and the bonus oh. point. So Michael oh, races into a two-point lead. Yeah, I knew the Borean one was going to trip someone up. <laughs> he was on the bench. Mm-hmm. And uh, question three. So which Canadian was fouled for the free kick and which Canada scored from? So this is uh, Michael first. Will Johnson. Andre. Hume, I believe. I believe. This always fucks me up. How much do you believe? Not like barely any, but I got to go something different than Michael. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. You need to believe more in yourself because the answer was indeed the egg himself, Ian Hume. <laughs> Ian Hume also <laughs> scored, so I can see why you wouldn't think Ian Hume. But, like, um, yeah, I watched it. He got fouled, and then he scored it, from the free kick. There was a lot of runaways in that game, so that's why I was like, okay, pretty sure. And, I mean, it's the only redeeming moment in the entire fucking game. <laughs> so. Question four. This one, Andre's going first for, correct? Yep. And what minute did Honduras substitute their goalkeeper? I believe, and this the the five subs always fuck me up because we're like now in five subs instead of three. I believe it was the seventy eighth minute. Michael, I have seventy fourth. Yep, Michael takes it seventy fourth minute. Ah, oh, for fuck's sakes! <laughs> yeah, back in the free sub era, eh? that's gonna yeah, that's gonna feel weird in a couple of years' time looking back on, isn't it? <laughs> hey, they still have only three periods to sub during, so <laughs> yeah, I guess it's not too different. I suppose I, I like that role. They, FIFA, if you listen, don't get rid of that. No, that was that was brilliant. So, Michael, you have to answer first for question five, and then Andre has to answer second because you have the lead. Yes, sir. How many players involved in this game were playing their football in Scotland at the time? You don't need to name them. I just need a number. Can I just give me two seconds to rethink this? I'm trying to think of the starting 11 there. There are two starting 11s. Right. I'm going to go with... Fuck. It's fucking number. Can I go with fuck? <laughs> if you want, I can write that down. I'm going to be honest with you, Michael. I don't think that's going to get you a point. <laughs> well, fuck has four letters. So I'll go with four, baby. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go with five. I was stuck between the two. Okay. So the answer indeed was one. There was one. Was it Ledgerwood? Nope. I, I went for the whole Canada team. None of them were playing for a Canadian team at the time. The correct answer was Emilio Ezeguiri, Honduras left back. He played for Celtic. So that means right. that Michael takes the points. So, Michael, if you ever hear someone reference this game again, you can have a smile on your face. No. There will be, there will be no smiles. There are no smiles. There'll be a bullet in my fucking face. There's just, yeah, there's just only only sorrows and only pain. So, so, so watching this game back, has enough time gone by for like the pain to be gone or and like nope. be able to like see how far Canada came or was this still as excruciating to watch as if it, it was 2012? It was still excruciating. And I think I think what makes it more excruciating was because you'd hear Cavallini come on and you're like, oh, for fuck's sakes. 
and you hear about Ricketts and you're like, oh, for fuck's sakes. And then Hutchinson will do a bad pass and you're like, he could have absolutely. And like he had a ton of promise. And but it also was like a scenario of like, okay, well, you know, he's he didn't fall from grace, but he didn't really ever improve. Take the next step. Yeah, it was just I think for me, the hardest thing going back and watching it was seeing so many people now that I'm used to seeing on the squad. It's like you see the lineup, you see Borean, you're like, oh, okay, well, he's not starting. Okay, shit. Okay, you hear Ricketts. Okay, well, he's not there. Okay, you hear more Ashton Morgan. You're like, okay. Like, there's so many people in like the modern context where you're like, uh-huh. you're so familiar. That name rings mm-hmm. so heavily that your head's like, even Atiba Hutchinson back then, like, he was like, a, he was doing well in Europe, playing in a European stage for, like PSV in Copenhagen, but people didn't know it existed in Canada. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, that's true. I mean, yeah, just going down to that 11, like you said, you got Nick Ledgerwood, where most Canadians will know, Julian de Guzman, Will Johnson, uh, Ricketts, Hutchinson, David Edgar, Marcel Dayan, my all time favorite Canadian player, uh, uh, Yakovic. Uh, uh, yeah, there's some fucking good names on there. So, I mean, there's that, that's the team that I fell in love with Canada as well, was a lot of these players. So, it was. It's shocking. It it's shocking because the rest of the group had gone so well. Like they finished the group with ten points, yep. and it was a tough. It was a tough group as well. And like, get, looking at how they play for the rest of it, it's just maybe if they didn't concede so early, like they were two 0 down after twenty minutes. Maybe if they go for that first twenty minutes, okay, it might be a different outcome. But I think just playing that big hostile crowd, like there was that buzzing noise for the whole stadium, which even to oh. watch it, watch is annoying. Never mind playing it. Oh, I God. think I think it was just like everything just crumbled around Canada at the wrong time because of when those first goals got conceded. I have yeah, I yeah. have thoroughly considered not watching and just taking the loss over the Vuvuzelas that are the most <laughs> irritating. That hum, I was like, I can't. I don't know if I can do this. Like I don't. How know did they get to Honduras as well? Though when they are South African fighting. <laughs> I mean, it's hard there, but did they bring them back from the World Cup? All I want to know, all I want to know, is what group of fans was like. Yeah. Yeah, I want to adopt that here. Oh, yeah. Like I said, that went international. Everyone wanted a piece of that. You know but what? No, like, like, I think we should just take bagpipes and just not play it and just like the whole seat. Like, everyone you do has get a bagpipe. that in Scotland games. I, yeah, but everyone has a bagpipe. I, I just want to say, though, like, going back to Paul's question there, uh, does it hurt less? No. And I think the biggest reason for me is because Honduras, no matter how good we are, they are constantly thorn in our side. We cannot shake them. They're constantly a competitor with us. No matter what you look at, uh, player to player, they are constantly bringing us down or bringing us, us down to their level. Even when we win, we're squeezing through. Where I, in, re- in reality, I don't think it should be the case. They just have our number. It's also like also nice to bring up Stephen Hart's name again. He was the manager for this. Just you know, mm-hmm. two mentions for Stephen Hart in the same podcast. Well, that was get, that getting was sacked what... by Halifax and losing eight one to Honduras. That's what I was thinking. I was like, that was that's going to be a question because like I kind of wrote that down, thinking, all right, well, fuck, that's going to be part of it because we're talking about Stephen Hart, and then he's going to be part of it, and it's going to be there. But no, we didn't do that. Thanks, thanks, Paul. Didn't take any of my crap. Anytime. But it was also it was also fun fact he was saying the the commentary that was the at that time the worst game against a team not named mexico since 1975 and then like at the sixth goal they were down it was like the worst if they had one more goal it was going to be the worst loss they've ever had yeah and then and then it went to mexico city so they tied it since 93 and then they went above it it was like all right at the terrace no up but eighth goal <laughs> like just awful awful so I don't know. Like I, I, you're right, Michael. I think it's because they have our number. Like they've they've denied us hex spots too many times. I just did the history. Like you could just look at all of our games with Honduras. They're constantly just battles. Even if we win, they're just fucking battles. Or they we are the play, shit we're playing water polo. Houses. Yeah, they yeah, really we're are. water polo. And again, like that's what I'm saying. Like even how good we are now, we go to Honduras and we're playing basically half water. Looks like I could when you saw the little mermaid try to pop up and try to play with us at one point. Fuck. Sebastian like, the crab came up at one point. We had to exactly. boot him, boot him off the field. Exactly. Like it's, it's Under dusty. Terrible. It was fucking terrible. But I, I mean, I hate Honduras. I don't hate them the most, but I don't like them. If it wasn't for America, if it wasn't for Mexico, it would be Honduras, who yeah. I'd like to tell fuck off on a regular basis. But. And we will. That's why we have yes. a podcast. Fuck you, Honduras. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> fuck. fuck well, you. there's your episode title. Yeah, well, yeah. We'll, we'll see you soon in a couple months after we've been to the World Cup, bitch. <laughs> Again, for the first time in 30 years. Uh, but, I mean, on that that eggshell of a bombshell, I, that's going to be our time for it, guys. Um, no thank you to Paul for doing that to us. Thank you, You're Michael, welcome. for suffering with me and having to go through that. Obviously, the game next week, if you want to take part in it, again, not too sure why you would. You've seen how much it can hurt, but it is going to be a game that's a bit more relevant and not a 10-year anniversary of trauma that we have to deal with. And it's going to be the Forge and Cavalry second leg on the 23rd of October. So that is the 5 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. That's the later one. I just Both want to say, though, if Ottawa lose next weekend and we don't go to the finals, I will not be here because I, you'll have to come looking for my body. Just as a heads up. Don't worry, we'll superimpose them in. I'll pretend to be Michael. It's fine. But that yeah, is going to be the game. <laughs> That's going to be the game next week if you want to jump in and play the game of the week. Obviously, it's it's playoffs. It's kind of what we have to do. But, you know, make sure in the meantime to be checking out 13th Man Sports. That's obviously our, our sort of head parent company. Lots of articles going out there by some of our writers. More than just footy. So there's a different sports happening and lots of things going around, especially with hockey kicking off and, and some other sports coming up. There's more things that are going to be in that that sort of pipeline, you know, Make sure to check us out on YouTube. Make sure to check us out on TikTok at FC13. Make sure, obviously, to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of our episodes there or on Spotify, Apple Music, you know, wherever you get your regular podcasts. Make sure you don't miss any of our episodes. Boys, where are we finding you? Find me at Paul McMinolte96 on Instagram. And call me Michael on Twitter. And I'm at the Andre McRae. Make sure to follow us at FC13 Podcast on Twitter as well. There's so much coming down the pipeline. And remember, listen to the FC 13 podcast. It's like watching football through a microwave. <laughs> <laughs>